Well, I'm not kind of going for that vibe. Right? <laughs> I don't so, know. It is a bit bright. I can't lie. It's kind of bright. I've never liked bright lights personally. Central guy, <laughs> you're a dirty boy. <laughs> no, no, is he recording? Yeah. What's this? Yeah, that's the yeah, one. That, that's yeah, the yeah one. this was one before. That's what we need. Delving, Now I feel like we're now ready to podcast now. Hey, Zach's okay, in now, I don't know what he was earlier. <laughs> yeah. I feel uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, grow up, man! I was trying to move to you anyway. Not in here, anyway. Everyone tries to move to me. It's true. You're a painting, Don't worry. So tall. You said it. Innit? <laughs> You're bare tall. <laughs> you said it. All right. All right. Recording, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Let's start. Yo, yo, yo! It's this is it's not a book club podcast. My name is Ruben, and I'm here with the usual lot, Kende, Zach, and we have just read um, a book by Nick Knight called Skinhead. It delves into British culture, skinhead culture, from the 60s to the 80s, which it kind of like culminated, arguably, maybe late 80s. Um, Zach, you, you're probably the best person um, because of your love of Dot Martens and oh. just Skinner culture just in general to give us a, like a, a brief synopsis of the book. So do you want to... Yeah, so basically the book outlines um, the history of the Skinhead, how it kind of uh, moves from the early West Indian immigrant cultures to like um, British culture and then how it morphed into like something that was a bit uglier that I think a lot of people have this conception of it being like a kind of neo-Nazi um type movement which i don't know from this book i felt like it wasn't really that like mm. that's not really what it was meant to be it kind of got taken over by more right-wing uh fascist types in the later years uh the whole aesthetic the whole kind of vibe but originally it was some kind of like it was a it was an attempt to kind of define um a sort of disenfranchised working class British youth and yeah it's very interesting it's got some very um interesting facets to it so yeah mm, what did you think of the book it's like what's, what's the general kind of like sentiment of the book no guys? so so <clears throat> it's interesting because the how it's laid out it's got like that um it's in like the uh subsections with like music mm. Mm. um what else is there now? Amazing layout. You've got the photography on the back as well. Because it's only like 25 pages. <coughs> well, it's only 25 pages of text, actually, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And then, then the rest of the book is just beautiful black and white photography. It's got um, it's got like a little like how to be a... Fashion notebook. Like how to be a skinhead thing. Where it's yeah, like, yeah. The haircuts is even there. Mm. And it's like almost like an instruction manual to yeah. actually how to be like what the... What um items of clothing you should wear. So like yeah. Dot Martins yeah. and then there's um fuck let me just quickly there's Levi's do you know Levi's, what I find interesting oh, Levi's though, are yeah. like synonymous with Wranglers in there heads. as well it's interesting um, Lee jeans yeah. what I find interesting was also the fact that like these guys were largely inspired by West Indian yeah Windrush well, I didn't know that you know culture and fashion it's incredible right? right I mean it's incredible but it's also not too shocking because it's like we've been 
we've been like at the center of a lot of the coolest culture, like a lot True. of like dance culture, yeah. a lot of most like British music culture or uh, things related to fashion music has kind of um, derived from, from immigrants, immigrant culture. to some extent, but even, and especially but, but West then, Indian immigrants. But is it immigrant culture? Or is it working class? As in, like the what? As in, like the working work, class immigrant because, culture? I say cause, no, because obviously, like with skinheads, would you say that's what I'm trying to say? Is in the sense of skinheads kind of came from the working class, working work, working class, um, white British um, men and women. Mm. It was. Kind of originally with men, just because of the of the time, um, but then they it was led. Both. It was both though. Yeah, it was true. It, it was, actually it was, was. both because they do say uh, lads and birds. No, no, that is that is very true. The haircuts were wavy. The um, girls' haircuts were sick. Mm. Like that but Luke Skywalker and that. Yeah. But it's it's like they're borrowing from each other. Like you're all in, kind of in the same kind of mm. space. You know, everyone's just kind of surviving, and yeah. then it's like you're. Um, trying to find and it's almost like an escapism to some mm. extent and it's like this it's just like this nice kind of like breeding ground of like um, borrowing from other people's cultures and it's mm. like cool as you said like I don't know I, I just never knew like how West like West Indian culture like Jamaican just Caribbean culture mm. kind of influenced Skinhead so much like was it like Scar mm. like Dancehall mm. like I didn't one thing will blew my mind. I I don't know. I might I might be late, but see, dancehall music like mm. now we know it's like obviously it's, it was dancehall music back in the day. There were dance halls. They listened mm. to that music, mm-hmm. obviously, in it. So, um, yeah, I just I never knew that. I never knew how much West Indian culture kind of. Yeah, it's yeah. mad because like what I think is when it comes to working class, um, working class cultures, I think like a lot of this comes from this idea of like anti anti-establishment culture so it's like anything that's against what's going on is what people are going to be like moving towards so with this particular movement like it was a time when um you had like the mods and the kind of middle class um hippies who were doing one thing in the 60s and stuff and then it kind of left out the working class like that whole hippie movement like free love it didn't really include them so I guess in like in some kind of attempt to um, define their identity, they kind of had to create their own counterculture to kind of um, rival what was going on. And I think like that's why it was so it was so like it was so kind of um, striking how it looked like with the haircuts and the boots and everything. It was very anti anti flamboyant, you know. Anti-establishment, but mm. you know what it is. I feel like it's almost like a, a reaction to, or like it's definitely because, like you said, except for the working class, you could say, um, and the hippie movement, in a way, was also anti-establishment. But they they did it in a way very like long hair, you know, mm. drapey kind of clothing, um, and then but skinhead was similar, but then it was, it was opposite to hippie, where it was very much like patriotic and not in like the nationalist kind of um dogma we kind of have like there's, there's nothing wrong with saying oh i love britain do you know what i mean there's nothing wrong with that mm. um but they had this kind of like um patriotic feel and then the, also the way they dress was very they they they, they described it as elegant as a um but also not like you know tied up kind of vibe mm, so mm. again i feel like you could say of oh, the anti-establishment but then they're also opposite 
they're literally the opposite to hippies. Like they would shave their hair, whilst yeah. hippies had long daisies and stuff in their hair. And I think hippies was a lot more priv- like it was a privileged movement where like they could almost afford the also it's, that was kind of more of American identity anyway. Mm, nah, for real. So like trying to adopt that would have been weird. And like you guys were saying in the beginning, I thought I kind of disagree. I mean, obviously the book does describe about how. Um, obviously, the, the mixture of culture and they mentioned like stuff like places like Brixton and Catford, like those were heavily um, places that were influenced, and um, a lot of immigrants came from Jamaica to settle in those kind of areas. That's why you have such a high population of Jamaican kind of um, culture being people in those areas. But they they shared space together, and that's why they listened to the same type of music because mm. equally, the skinhead kind of originated from rock and roll and that kind of vibe. So, but then no. It, it's, it? It's, that's what it says it says oh. rock and roll and they but they shared the same spaces and then the music kind of fused into mm. into more and they listened to they went to dance hall place and there's a place in Catford I can't remember what they called it but it, it closed down it said when um he started writing the book uh it's called uh, Squires um but like yeah so after a certain point it's like, you know the film this is England right so um, if I remember correctly one of the characters he went to prison for doing something crazy obviously mm. And when he came back home, all his brothers and stuff were all like chilling with black people. And, mm-hmm. and he was just like, bro, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but it just kind of shows how quick the generation went from, you know, I guess in a way like patriotic kind of racism. Mm-hmm. And the next step was like, oh, we're still skinheads, but we're open to everything. So skinhead isn't like a, like a, 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 a Jeff sense for one person only. Mm. It's kind of like a. I don't know. Like it's it's actually it's a culture, you know. It's not it's not a trend. No, for real. But like it did it did definitely interest me the fact that because I don't know. Like, what did you guys think going into it, like about skinheads? Because for me, it was like I think skinhead. I think racist. I think kick your head in. I think I'm good. You what, mate? No, no, true. That's I, what I thought. I that thought. Like that's what mm. I think. And, and the people that I see who have that kind of aesthetic, it's like, alright, cool. You know what kind of time they're on because it's like, alright, this is. You know, this is anti everything. This is England for the English. That's the vibe that mm. I have in 2020 of that. But after reading this, it's like uh, actually, it's more, it's more like nuance than that. It's more like it was more of an attempt to just claim something as an identity, uh, rather than it being like because in that time in the 60s, whatever, uh, they were very disenfranchised, like we said. So it's like. They needed to hold on to something and then have it be theirs. And I think, like, this movement kind of speaks to that, which I guess all youth have that have a different yeah. kind of version of that movement, but something to kind of uh, separate them and their generation from what was before and what's after. Like, I think that's what it was. Well, I come to the, well, well, I was going to answer your question. I, I, what I thought going into the book of what a skinhead was kind of aligned with what because Nick Knight does describe almost uh, um, the historical timeline of you know where skin um, skinheads um, kind of um, um, how skinhead the, the culture of being a skinhead began and um, how it kind of changed into this neo skinhead movement in which um, kind of aligned a bit more with punk which was anti-establishment because traditional skinheads were actually very naturalistic and were actually pro-establishment and pro-government and pro- very nostalgic of uh, old Britain, um, just British culture. And um, which, which was interesting because there's even a paragraph in a book um, 
briefly touching upon that i'm trying to describe what what was that was that in 18th or 19th century and 1800s mm. um because that was relatively recently there isn't actually it's, an old britain like which you were supposed to though, isn't it when that all happened but there's just even if you look back in post-war there isn't actually a nostalgic time of being british the, they 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 romanticize a period of time in which it was actually very hard to be working class and you're actually exploited for much more than at the time in the 1960s which is ironic in itself and that's what the book even speaks about it's like there isn't there isn't a a, a glorious british you're, what you're aspiring to was the the, the upper classes the imperialist british, british and that didn't include them didn't include them they were on the bottom of the barrel right it, that that they were never a part of that, and that there's a there's almost like a sick irony of that mm. because the movement away from that that period of time into this uh, more um, social democracy mm. you know, of of worker rights was a a movement away from that nostalgic mindset romanticism of the past, mm. which is is a weird irony. But going back to what you said and like what I initially thought, I thought Skinner's well, this racist kind of what the book describes as the neo Skinheads. Uh-huh. I thought they were. I thought they were that. I thought they were the racist, outrageous. But from what the book describes, it was very much a subsection of skinners, and some skinners looked down at them and then like mm. the old skinners from back in the day yeah. were like, "No, I'm not. I'm not part of that." Yeah, because they moved. They they were moving mad, and um, I was just. I I just didn't know. I mm. I didn't know being a skinhead was this broad um, spectrum of thought, and this was like a very vast culture that was. Um, almost to some extent quite um extraordinary mm. um and it just made me second guess a lot of what it means to be british and a british culture within the working class um we're just being white british obviously and it is i think for me personally i was just i think i was very naive and quite arrogant to some extent because i think i was i was coming from the point of oh you know britain british people just literally just stole mm. a lot of culture from um other countries just based on the colonial past um without with and i had a bit of a disregard of just mm. there's obviously there was a there's there a group of people in the in the country that obviously were bubbling and living and they'd try to form some form of identity in it so yeah that's what i thought kind of it's interesting because even like as children of immigrants you could say um we are a bit cautious of nationalism in this mm. country because it's like immediately it puts everyone's tails up like oh like is this is this on a racist vibe what's the kind of thing like and i think it's important as much as you know we have our identity in this country that people from this country or whatever you want to say have some form of like identity because ultimately like if i think they uh, mentioned it briefly in the book where if you like if you're not able to have a national identity then it kind of makes you more prone to lash out at other other cultures you know what i mean like mm. other people because you're like defensive defensive for something that you're longing for but you can't reach yourself and i think in many ways like i wouldn't mind if the skinheads were like still around because i think it would give a lot of working class britain something to actually like unify around because rather than just hate like rather than just xenophobia for example which is like it's uh, cool we 
we can define ourselves by what we don't like rather than who we are, if that makes sense. And I feel like that's not, that's more healthy. You know, like it's more healthy to say, you know, this is who we are. You know, this is what we're standing for. Mm. Cool. I I would say nationalism just generally has a bad past. It's a very, very bad past just from... Depending on the country though. Mm, depending on the country one but just in when i say bad past i just mean europe in europe yeah, just like europe, it's, sure, it's yeah. just obviously nazism um and nationalism always aligning with very right-wing extremist mm. ideals anti-immigration yada yada etc etc in it and obviously because it's such a relative relatively fresh past that caused so much pain a lot of people just look down upon that and you you see like there's this weird um is the right word dichotomy? Fuck. What are you saying for? Um, in the sense that like America is very obviously nationalistic. Mm. Um, you bearing the flag doesn't isn't necessarily aligned with racism. Mm. It's aligned with pride and mm, national mm. pride. Um, let's say just con- contrast. I think is a better word to say. Um, whereas in the West, if you if you bear your flag, you you just automatically label as just some racist. Um, <clears throat> kind of person in it, especially in England. Like the England flag, mm. I think definitely Union comes Jack. with Union Jack. But then even more so, the England flag itself comes with like certain connotations of like hooliganism, bulldog, skinhead. And they touch upon that in it, like the who, as in like because a lot of people forget football is a working yeah, class sport, facts. right? And it's just relatively recently in terms of just modern history in that it's become quite like this lucrative money making kind of 70s know. it was mad 70s 80s it was a, it was a, it was a hooligan sport it was just working class to, the it was a it was a way for the working class to um uh get out their anger in some form mm. of way that's um tribalism you yeah. having a team yeah. and to direct your anger at something else rather than just at life um and almost form armies around your team because mm. listen to this one interview with this guy and he was saying like one of the advantages of the uniform that they had with the bald head, the like um, Ben Sherman shirt, jeans, boots, was that to the police they all look one and the same. So mm. you could be doing a madness, fighting people, da, 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 and then when it's time to get like ripping like get caught and whatnot, it's like who's who because. <laughs> they look the same do you know what it's i'm true. saying that's so funny so it's almost like you're like creating this like army type feel around what you're doing which was kind of centered around that football hooliganism like mentality um, it's funny because they had um metal um toad shoes yeah uh, yeah so yeah, when they can yeah. kick people um they sharpened like um combs and stuff i guess at, at, yeah the violence was obviously definitely there but i mean it goes kind of when it when I think of skinhead originally before I read the book, um, I thought of I definitely thought of like that my idea was just Millwall. Do you know what I mean yeah. that kind of back in the day Millwall? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. Um, even Millwall, well, like you know the Millwall, like um, dads yeah. or granddads, whatever. Um, bef- well, obviously pre-COVID, they would like go, they like arm up and then the bulldog on their arm and just a proper like skinhead, like they're and still the calf as well. Yeah, they're wearing them like um, bands over their jeans, that like, kind of vibe. And I was yeah. like, okay, cool, like they're not dead yet, like in terms of the skinhead movement. Um, or culture we want to call it but equally I think it's it's really interesting how it kind of transcends up and down in terms of popularity and like it has moments for example when it, um, in the 70s where um, obviously when let's talk about um, immigration talk about wind rush um, Jamaicans coming first mm. 
and then later coming um those of asian kind of descent Certainly. um and then they had this um issue not i wouldn't say issue i mean when it came to integration i think it took asian communities much longer um one might say because the cultural differences for example if you're muslim like traditionally you have a male and female school and just more conservative you wouldn't have that you wouldn't have that when you come here um pubs are like the 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 social gathering space Mm, yeah it's true and Mm. as a as a asian kind of person you're not gonna go into the pub do you know what i mean so therefore you're socially excluded Um, and, and i think that's why in jamaicans and uh um, or culture and also this uh, skinhead culture British culture mixed quite quickly as opposed to it's true. do you understand so it's quite interesting because their decline in terms of popularity for skinheads went down in the 70s because they were queer bashing um, queer bashing I quote and packy quash, um, uh, bashing as well so that led to a lot of like them being feared and also mm-hmm. and, that, and then also like you were saying about the sports mm-hmm. that it's just extra violence. So when you see a skin on the TV, it's boom, it's bad propaganda. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's the, they, they, they kind of rise and fall all the time. And I think it depends what area you live in or um, they, what what family you live in, the depiction of skinheads will be bad. Like, And also like, on that point, do you feel like it depends on the times that we're living in? Because I feel like skinheads is like a sort of, it's like a, Kraken of the UK that will rise and fall. Yeah, that's as what, that's why I say it's a culture. It, like, because trends are like they go and just fall and they die. Do you know what I mean? Like, but this is actually a culture where tra- culture transcends that. Culture is more about culture can be appropriated. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's certain levels of it can be appropriated. Do you feel like skinhead culture has been appropriated? It's been definitely. Uh, it's definitely been monetized for sure. Because if you look at like. A lot of this is the brand Doc Martens. Like, I mean, no, no, but to be fair, Doc Martens been going before Skinners. They kind of adopted Doc Martens as part of their look. No, but, but they didn't. But Doc then Martins didn't Doc Martens then it's the like, chicken and the egg situation. Let me yeah. Saw that and we're like, oh yeah, cool. This can because originally Doc Martens were made for like um, soldiers, mm. and then but then that also ties into the idea like, like the whole identity of um, Skinners because. Like, it's almost like a militant mentality. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So it does make sense why they would choose Doc Martens as their shoe. Um, but then obviously Doc Martens realised that and realised that it's a cool like subculture and then start to market that as like a way of way of them branding themselves. Do you, you reckon it was intentional though? Of course, of course. Because if you've got like, I mean, it's like Clarks, for example. Clarks were going on before Yardi started wearing them. But then Yardi started wearing them, make it cool. And they start to just push that, that, mm perspective do you know what i'm saying it's just marketing it's just marketing it's marketing and so do you feel but do you feel like subcultures have always been cool to be able to market into but do you feel like skin skinhead culture especially now mm. has been appropriated because from i'm just i'm just putting it out there in the mm. sense that like i look back i'm like wait you know a lot of the stuff i was wearing i used to even now yeah Lol, <laughs> voice man. Um, you know what? Fuck it. No, I own that. I, uh, I wasn't like, lying. I'm, no, no, yeah. it, no. I, 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 I love my dot minds, yeah. but especially when I was eighteen, seventeen, I did. I was like, I had a very much that the indie kind of scene is a kind of a. It's a mishmash. It's a mishmash of hippie and skinhead kind of. But then also the, the barber like, jacket, the dot martin, kind of reggae. Um, it's a mix. It's a yeah. mix. It's weird. It's was weird. it? It's a mix. Um, what was their shoes? Creepers? Remember Creepers? Also, also the idea yeah. of like high 
um, high jeans, like rolling your jeans up so that like you, you have like a bit of like um, sock showing. Equally, though, white socks with your Doc Martins. That was like that's the skin. Of, that's Levi's. Yeah, like, that came from the Yardies. Oh, that's true. Originally, it came in the Yardies. Yeah, yeah did it. And they looked yeah, at it came that. Yeah, the It's interesting because um, basically, um, a lot of Caribbean men on the side in the street. Um, called Rude Boys that's what yeah, they're called Rude, Rude Boys, Boys. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. they used to have white socks and black like those, see those black leather shoes you just have to go to uh, maybe not in Brixton now but Brixton back in the day you, it, there was still that vibe and it's funny because my granddad used to dress he was a Rude Boy back in the, in the 60s he mm. used to he was known to be the cool looking Don at dance halls Mm-mm-mm. you know he used to look suave yeah, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I'm not gonna lie I've taken some of his shirts yeah. like he was that Don and it's funny because obviously the skinhead saw that. I'm like, oh fuck, they look so cool. Let me copy that. Mm. And it's like, it's, it's, I thought it was interesting just seeing. So your granddad like, started the skinhead movement. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. But he was just a rude boy. He's a rude yeah, boy, yeah, isn't yeah. it? He's just a I'm not saying my granddad started it. It was just he was just part. Of, he was a I'm cool don't it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> but you sound no. so triggered. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um. <laughs> No, but it's just it's just funny, and it's 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 funny because I got actually a, a a quite a funny story about um, just life in oh, South let's, London. Let's hear it. Um, so my granddad, so, so see when your so your grandparents just sit down sometimes, and they're normally just quite quiet, and they just speak about a story. There's something that just triggers a story, and it's going to this you know, long, um, um, I don't know monologue, and it takes like twenty minutes. You're like, wow, and he he, he, he we were sitting in the living room once, and I was with my dad, my mum, we were just all sitting there, and then um, I think we were watching something on the TV, and then he just got into a story about life in Britain, um, and life um, immigrating in from um, Jamaica back mm. in '66, um, <clears throat> and basically what happened was that um, they were stuck back in the day. Obviously, if you were just of color, person of color, you were going to get a lot of grief. And he was getting a lot of grief, a lot of the uh, Jamaicans and um, Southern Asians, Pakistanis, Indians, which get a lot of grief from Brixton. Um, and then, so what happened, it all com- culminated into a fight one night. So all the, it was Teddy, I think it was Teddy Boys, and they Teddy had boys, those, yeah. um, the thick knives, these little switchblades. Nice, switch yeah. So they're all walking the street and, you know, they were like, so as he says, like all the Jamaicans are like, okay, we have to, we have to band up, mm. say that they, we can't have oh, that anymore, sucks. right? So they also was late at night, and then him and his boys came. They must have been like in their twenties. And then they asked all the um, like the Indians, Southern Asian, mm, like mm, Trinidad, Trinidad, like yeah, other yeah, islands yeah. to come. Yeah. So they all came, and then all the all the all the Teddy boys came with the fit nights, and everyone got shocked. And then people started to run. But his his story of the events is that all the Jamaicans stayed. And they had machetes, <laughs> so they showed, they showed the machete blades in their trousers, and then all the all the um, Teddy boys ran away. And then yeah. other from, from that night. They didn't have any grief, Mad. and it was like he—he he, he was like he's part of that. But yeah. he was just saying the struggles where, um, you know, back then people used to you know, shout monkey noises mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um, there was this one one time because he what he was a mechanic, he was in the garage. Um, and this white white guy walked around. Or was a, I think it was like a white teenager, and he's like, "Wait, don't you guys live in trees?" Um, mm-hmm. Like legitimately, he just thought they live in trees because he's you know, monkeys, mm-hmm. and then. Initially, they were gonna rough him up, but they're like, "Wait, let me just let, let let's educate this guy because obviously mm. he just doesn't know." And then it was it was unusual for these you know British people to see all these you know people of color they never seen before move over mm. um, after post war, 
and um, them having their little hubs of community hubs that and they, there wasn't that that much integration so there was always a lot of uh, tension false false narratives and mm. folklore that used to go around about black people and Indian people it's interesting and it was, it was just it was just interesting that that um the stories told me and just that that, that the story told uh, me of you know that 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 white teenager boy yeah I walked over who legitimately thought <laughs> all black people lived in trees in the night or some some bullshit on that first thing that you said mm. it's very like it's very telling because my granddad said something similar where um, they kind of migrated to Yorkshire, so up north, where, I mean, historically, the north has had a bit of a history of, like, being a bit more of that, like, patriotic, mm. you know, kind of thing. And he was saying, like, as a black man, he used to work in this iron factory, and he said, as a black man, like, you you couldn't really go out on your own at night, for example. Like, you, if you're going to the pub, you'd meet up with a few of, like, the kind of guys beforehand, and then you'd all go together as a group so that you didn't get targeted. Because he was saying, like, more often than not, um, if black guys went out, they'd get run up on by Taylor yeah, boys, get yeah. their heads kicked in, mm. or even killed. Like, And he was saying, like, when you were saying about the um, switchblade, he was saying he, he had to carry blades often because, like, it was one of those situations where you'd have fights yeah, or you'd me. run into them. And if there was like an, if there's a mismatch of numbers, then they'd be on you. Do you know what I mean? And mm. it would be a chase or it would be a fight. So it's just interesting that you say that because that's not one. It's not, it's not that long ago at all. Not like, yeah. it's yeah. not long ago. And two, it's like, I think this is all part of this whole idea of Britain working out itself and working out like what it means and what it's trying to like say is british if that makes sense like i see these movements like the um, teddy boys and whatnot like as expressions of like a sort of pushback against what was happening with the um west indian and african migrants um to say like nah like we don't that's not what we want but then obviously we kind of battered that resistance down do you know what i'm saying like by yeah. just being here consistently so um yeah it's it's just it's just interesting to to see how these things come up like i feel like in many ways this time now is kind of like a it's kind of like a time that that i wouldn't be surprised to see a like resurgence in in like that kind of extremist skinhead british <laughs> version of it you know but, I mean? but remember it was it was more than just being nationalistic and patriotic so I mean, I think it transcended, like I was saying earlier. Um, I mean, the the book itself, like Nick Knight, obviously, an amazing photographer. He's like pushed boundaries from like what photography actually is, like making it more um, in, in kinetic in a way. Um, and he's, he... he he's, How so? What do you mean by kinetic? If you've seen some of his shots, right? I mean, this is his... I'm talking about his latest stuff. I mean, um, I think what made him famous anyway is this idea of this not um this long exposure time he's seen blurry people and um, that kind of thing i mean if you'd like to search up his kind of um fashion photography you can kind of see the kind of kinetic movement within his like of people moving or turning them into animals and so forth and obviously him being a big name in terms of um, f- um photographing for travis scott most recently and even kanye west most of his album yeah. yeah 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 
Um, Kanye West is out. Most of his albums, he's directed. Even the one, oh, you know, a dark twisted fantasy. The painter, his name is. Oh, what's his name? One second. Um, we may have to like chop this bit. Hold on. Well, you man didn't know. No, I'm just. I I'm didn't know when it was on. Like, okay, hold on. Let me find this. Kanye West. Um, I didn't even. Dope. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even. I. That's why. I, I didn't. Bought, that's why I bought the book. Because I, I oh, was because like, of his recent oh, no, of his of his photography. Okay, then I realized he was doing all his other stuff. Mm. Is that like art direction that he does? He's the, he's a, he's a photographer, but he has a studio. Yeah. Oh, I um, see. Um, um, but it's it's no, it's in, it's, it's, it's beautiful photography. That's one thing with the book I do like. Like, and and that's, it's very matter of fact. Is, I don't know whether this is like I don't think it's a university like essay thing, but this is one of his earliest like projects he's done. In terms oh, of, oh the skinned book yeah because he went to university and he mm. I, oh, I'm saying that now but I'll double check that but um, yeah he done this is like his first work so you can tell it's quite young it's quite it's very thorough um, but it's young and mm. it kind of it's like a good oh James uh, Kondo yeah he did he studied um, photography at Bournemouth and Paul yes and yeah he's, he's he's accolades for in, um, That's in Bournemouth crazy. Um, George Kondo's the artist. Damn, I got it in him. Yeah, George oh, yeah. Kondo. He done Doctor Who's Fantasy, right? But Nick Knight, all, Nick Knight, Kondo, Kanye, all friends, direction, everything. So even most of his albums or uh, covers, or when it comes to photography, Nick Knight is there taking pictures. Okay, like he's wow. Upper echelon in a way. Um, mm. But yeah, now this the Nick. I think and this being all his earliest work is very thorough and it's done quite empathetic um, in terms of. It's not subjectively, objectifying, like, objectifying these skinheads mm. and saying, okay, they were bad people, boom. Or mm. even saying, oh, these were good people, you're, you're, you're judging them wrong. It's like they've had up and downs. They've done left and right. Um, they even have letters where they're saying, you know, people hate us, but we don't know why. Like, yeah, of course, there's people in our group that do bad things, but not all of us are doing that. Do you know what I mean? And, like, and, and uh, like they said, it's like all groups have that. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean... I think the the way the book is is quite if it feels very like it's fair like it's well done, mm. um, neutral, and very neutral, and, and and it allows the reader to kind of dive into this head and even the cover shows that like like the actual cover itself looks like you're almost going he's like tearing his head back and you're like mm. going into his head going like, into the head listen, of the skinhead. When I tell you there's such like subliminal like ways in which he's allowed the reader to kind of understand the text, even visually. It's a good piece, um, and and to get to your own conclusion, I think he was aware. Even yeah. he was a student at the time. He wrote this in nineteen eighty two. That's it. See, um, um, he was a student at the time when he wrote this, which is incredible. Um, part of the movement, or he, there's no there's no citation, but we no, he, we're past that. But the photographer says at the end, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's important to stress that the the photographs in this book are highly subjective vision of skinheads. I was not striving to recall the truth, but a truth of by my own. Do you, even that that's kind of beautiful in a way mm. um, i think i think he he just gives an honest portrayal on it that's like you get you come to your own conclusion i'm not gonna i know there's bad connotations just naturally a bad stigma associated with being a skinhead but this isn't what is what is being a skinhead away from that like that bad stigma mm. and, and this is it's true like it's it's nice yeah i, I think i just generally thought it was just a really fucking good book yeah 100 um, in terms of just the, I like the photography too. You know, just mm. me. Obviously, he catches I, good good moments. Mm. I can't, like, that's a like 
Just emotion. Yeah. And like he, he went to obviously games and stuff and that's where you saw people getting arrested because mm. obviously violence. Um, but he also had like just, let's say skinhead romance. Do you know what I mean? Skinhead romance. It's just mm. caught everything. Do you know what I mean? Like a proper, in a way you kind of feel like this is British culture in a way because although they're all very nationalistic, you could say, and they have their, it has its bad moments. But in my eyes, nationalism isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, like for example, Japan, they became very nationalistic when they were trying to reject Europe, kind of enter. Like, this, that's yeah, the people. Yeah, but, but that but, led to fucking atrocities, bro. Know, okay, but I'm, let's hear me out, first of all. <laughs> okay. The Meiji period where they tried to just, you know, obviously they were fighting, um, the middle class, you could say, were fighting the upper class, saying, you know, we want to keep our tradition. Like, we know if they come, the Europeans come with their, you know, railway and their architecture, it's gonna, we're going to get diluted in, this, in a way where we're going to lose a lot of our our heritage our identity our identity and the upper class were like no like everyone's in industrial era we need to make peace so like it's this capitalism nationalism is like it's a response to something and, and it makes two classes in my eyes clash um but it's never working class against working class do you know what i mean it's always working class against the above the establishment that like we were saying earlier. Well, and that's what essentially the working class are the majority isn't it they are but then doesn't mean that they're gonna win that's true uh, and that's true but I just think just from this book, like just being skinheads, um, it's just it's just a, a, another example of just uh, uh, almost like a novel cultural change emerging from what the working class. You know, it's almost like culture uh, comes from working class. Do you low think key, low key. Well, wow. the bourgeois or just having a middle class culture or upper class culture does exist? <laughs> so we did working that. class create working class create culture as we know it in my opinion. Really? Like if you really think about if you really think about I like, don't know about that. That's I don't think the working no, no. class creates culture. No, no. If you really think about it, yeah, the like and I'm talking about fashion, music, art, whatever like of course you have there's a certain level of like time that's afforded and and privileges that that you have by being middle class and you have the a facility to do things like philosophy and think and write great pieces about how you should lead society cool but when it comes to culture and creation i feel like the pressure cooker that is the like band of working class it creates a unique environment where you have to it's like a it's like a sort of constant like churner of just like of just stuff i don't know even how to describe it but i just feel like even if you look at for example um big fashion houses like they look to the most not lowly but they look to the most like underground fucking um designers and 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 like um cultures to like draw from isn't that most recently though would you say What's yeah because i'll go on kendall because i feel like you're more you're, no, you're uh, a fashion uh, expert before, no, before, i'm even uh, something that i want to find out first of all what you guys think a culture is before we even dive down into that kind of um that hole because you're saying like okay obviously you know in terms of industry we kind of dive down into you know the underground rappers or the un that's very talented unseen um artists and says like painters or whatever but that's, i feel that's most recently like imagine let's say that like 20 years ago mm. all our clothes in fact like the mass people was river island zara blah blah, blah. you're not going to get 
like these dons of Instagram or you're not going to have these random like little brands everywhere. Working class literally had Primark, Zara, River Island. So for like, for, oh, the, for no, but I mean, for the average person, you had to go to a number of stores, right? So fashion wise was very similar, right? In terms of price, because if you want to pay more money, you're going to have to go to Selfridge, Selfridge Harris, all them places there. And even specific brands like Armani back in the day or, you know, Stone Island. And I guess Stone Island kind of transcended to different, um, class but that's another conversation but i genuinely feel like that's of, of recent like when it comes to back in the day in terms of um uh let's say production and 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 let's what's what capitalism like most people most things will kind of stayed in different in certain classes and in a way you could say for example tea drinking tea was a high like a if you had if you had milk for example and a tea bag you're getting tea imported from china india you're rich. No working person is drinking tea, and that's and that's uh, and and but then but then, but then, but then tea now, drinking but... is is a culture you could say start from upper class. That's I'm true. lying. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like saying working class people start cultures a bit like hmm. it's disingenuous. I don't know. What I was going to say is that traditionally, you know, the cultural working class culture was to emulate wealth. You see that now. To emulate the upper classes, to and but that creates a very unique thing in and of itself. One hundred, one hundred percent. I agree. With but that. in a sense, you're still emulating a culture in itself, aren't you? Yeah, but you're you're also creating a new one. It's not. It's like a, a pseudo emulation. version of uh, one. Definitely, you get what I'm saying. Like, def- definitely, it's 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 a, you're creating a culture from replicating a a, 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 a already an already defined culture to some extent but then isn't that culture in itself you're always you're always borrowing from the past you're always borrowing from i mean if you get into that that way though but like culture is a cyclical thing like there's no there's no like it's like energies it's like you you can't destroy or like or create (laughs) or create it's just it's just a constant cycle second law fun i mean but wait, no, it's not. But well, trying to be smart there. Let's take that bit out. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. <laughs> wait, 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 let me just, no, let no. Me just... <laughs> no, search it, search it. But on, at the same it. time, yeah, like if you look at, for example, uh, even like the rude boy culture, for example, like uh-huh. or just certain styles where no, it's, not. it's birthed by the fact <laughs> that you can't afford all the mad stuff. So you do creative thi- like you you do creative shit to like make what you have work and i think that is that in itself is a very potent let's say culture at the moment and in general times i feel like it's always been the case that there's more people without than with so because of that you can't deny that the culture created by those without is first off first off extremely what's that what's that it's going back that's why i cut you off so no no um shit i left my train of thought um what was it yeah so so you so you can't really say that the culture created by those without which is the working class isn't th- at least like the most impactful mm. and important source of culture creation no, in my true. opinion it is do you know it's for me like i answer what you're saying but i feel like this culture is more like it's very cyclical but i think it's multi-layered and i feel like there's only certain things that can be qualified as a culture because you can say some things are, if you say, oh, for example, that's a culture, you'd be like, no, it's not. Or this culture, like, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, for my definition would be like, almost like three spheres, right? Spheres. And it's like, you know, in Russian dolls, where you pop stuff out of each other. So let's say that the, the inner one is like, shared ideas and values. So like, it'd be something religious, or it could be 
um, patriotic as well. Like if you, it's a sense of, you know, um, unifying someone by something you can't see. So for example, if someone had a, the, the Union Jack flag and was saying, oh, I love Britain, I love Britain, and you walk around in a crowd, you're going to feel the wave of that kind of nationalism or patrioticism, patriotism, whatever the word is. Patriotism. Yeah, you'd feel that because it's, it's real. Like you can't deny that, right? Then that's like, you can't really touch that. Like you can't, if you're trying to change that, it's quite hard. I would say mm. then the outer layer would be like shared way of life, like you know, um, food. Like when you're sharing a space with somebody, how does that culture transcend through physical things? Did Yo, you just said food. Yeah, look at look at the food culture in this country. Yeah, and tell me that it does not come from no, working I, class like mm-hmm. things. Like um, bro, no, 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 yes and no, because there, there are examples of upper class food. Give so, me an example of that. Like the, the actual words for. Um, beef and um 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 like pork and what's the two words for pork Brother, I'm not, what's I'm swine I'm no, no no but in a sense that the, there were two words um used to describe uh meat to yeah. some extent so lamb or poultry po- poultry and chicken or yeah there's there's, there's two i can't I'm, I'm i'm butchering it but I'm using that as an example. No fun intended. Oh, double hundred. That's yeah, mad. That was good. Go that on. Was mad. You should be a rapper, you know. <laughs> should really hit the laughs. You should be a rapper, yeah, Travis. Oh. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah, like that. That, was, that was good. That was good. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, going back in the sense that there, there is there is a a, a deep um, history associated with culture and food in the upper class in the upper classes, right? Of course. But and with your working class, you just kind of just had to eat what you were given, and or what you can create out of what is there. True, one hundred. But that's we're basically arguing slavery, the same point. Like that. No, one hundred. So any then, any any then, form of going. thing, isn't it? Yeah, keep going. I'm but going. but I was I was just saying that in this, we're kind of just agreeing with each other in the sense that no, culture is just okay. being bred. We're just being pedantic. We're, no, but culture being bred I in the working class. But I do feel like culture, in that middle class and an upper class. It's no, just no, but sense. I feel like culture is is not about. I mean, you can you can classify it into class, right? But yeah. then it's more than that because there's different. I think I parts of culture that can that yeah. are tangible and more than others. For example, when, so the second tier I would say was it would be like lifestyle and be food, right? Um, and you can say British culture is fish and chips, but again, like because we're an island, curry sauce. I guess we're. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> um, fish and chips, like we're an island. I guess potatoes aren't indigenous from here, but that's another thing. But, but fish, it's a fishing is um yeah, fish, an Englishman's. Kind of trade, like if you're on no, island, no. no. But if okay, if you're if you're on island, no. But if you're on island, is an island. It's like a you're on isolated trade. piece of landmass. You're yeah. gonna fish. If you're in the mainland, you're gonna eat more meat. That's just how it is. Do you of know course. what I mean? Um, but the, the last layer I was gonna say was what you're talking about about um, music and stuff. Mm. That's the last kind of outer layer, and that's okay, tan- yeah. that that can be picked from appropriate. Like mm. that's clothes that people wear. That's what that's where the issue we have with skinheads. Okay. I like have, that analogy of the Russian doll, by the way. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's how I've kind of thought to be, and like mm. architecture falls into play as well because I could travel somewhere. Oh, I like that. Come back, boom, and it's and it's here now, and I don't have to necessarily understand it. And that's what appropriation is. Do you understand? And the same with skinheads because um, people use skinheads after a certain time, like you said, people will be like, "Oh, cool, like um, Doc Martens," but oh, that's a they're they're waving off, like they look kind of good. Let's give them Doc Martens, mm. see what it looks like. The Robert trousers, you know, the mm. Wrangler jeans. Um, mm. Wrangler jeans was even more popular than actual Levi's. Like, because in American movies, you'll see, yeah. you'll see oh, yeah, Levi's, the, the, yeah. but UK were like, no, nah, Wrangler, like Wrangler were made in the UK. 
Okay. So that in itself was like, mm, like this is British. Do you know what I mean? And one thing that's made in uh, Northampton. So I guess, like you said, like exactly. it's, it's like a British culture. Yeah. So, so before you go on, like, so those three layers of just like kind of makes you kind of understand what culture is, and mm. that that will allow you to kind of classify something to be culture. And in a way, I feel like um, Skinhead is a culture because lastly, it has that kind of fashion to it, and it has nationalism. So it has nationalism in the center, and then in the in the middle, we'll kind of have the ideologies of like. Um, I want to say about cuisine. I don't know, actually. That's a good question. Like Maybe. extension, it's like a shared, like it's a shared the... way of living, a shared way of life. Something, you... something you do every day as a skinhead, what would that be? Well, going to South End, that's what they said. Going to the know? beach. So, yeah, they, you know, yeah. Going to the beach. And the, okay, you so know, then, that's what they said. Exactly. And then the last layer being <laughs> fashion. Do you know what I mean? Art, music as well. It was like a, a doctrine between like rock and... Uh, I listen to dance halls, do you know what I mean? No, trust. I do love a good curry, mate. Cheeky jerk. I'm do dead. do love a good curry. I can't lie, misses. Yes, when we went to Rye, were you not chopping on the fish and chips? No, it was buff though. It was, was good, it good. It, it was, uh, good. was buff. Coast, really? coastal, coastal towns, towns. coastal towns, and the Ram's chips. getting that. Not a joke. You know? really? I think the best chips I've had is in Brighton. Was it Brighton or Margate? Cumber. Oh, yeah. Brighton them. is annoying because if you have fish and chips in Brighton, does. the seagulls will just fam. They're like six foot tall. Nah, they're, they're have you seen that video of the seagull eating a rabbit? You know seagulls eat rabbits. They fam. They're hungry, bro. So seagulls too have, in Hyde Park have learned how to um, hunt pigeons. Wow. Yeah. They're big off birds. They are, no, they are huge. So you can see, big, if you go to Hyde Park, they, they hunt when you see them up close, it's like, right. And they drown them, which is Then you take my food. We're going, um, smart. What, but, yeah. what I was going to say, going back to your point about just the identity and culture and what it means, do you think in this day and age, because it made me think, do you remember back in the day, even not so long ago, say like 15 years ago, when you used to go to like France or Germany or just a different country, they had a very defined fashion or culture um, that was very distinctive of that country. So you could tell someone was from Italy or someone was from France or someone was mm. from London, someone was from up north. They had a very defined image mm. that was based around their sp- that population. Well, Do you f- think that's a being a... no one can dress better than a Londoner. Can't lie. Skin. But, um, <laughs> but do you think... That's true. But do you think that is being eroded by the internet? Because when I go to another country now, and at present, mm-hmm. everyone dresses very similar. It's very hard to distinguish between different styles because essentially the internet and just using Instagram per se has... A, a mass, monolith, it, yeah. a monolith, but has homogenized everything. That's the word, you know, mm. and it has created this kind of flat sense of style, and people aspire. Okay, you, maybe you could argue to say, um, even back in the sixties and seventies, you did have a fashion icon that people aspire to, like a movie star that they aspire, uh, fashion they 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 um they um they uh, deified or yeah deified or uh, they used as inspiration and you can you can tell from like the image of the hairstyles in the 60s to the 80s which was more pa- fashiony punky you know in the 90s to that gothic in the ni- in the early 2000s you know mm. but even within that time period you had these little subsections which i i don't know at the moment it just feels like those subsections all those little subcultures are or just just being homogenized everywhere. There isn't like this bubbling fashion, weird fashion trend in Germany, like in a in a town in Germany that is you know might be the new big thing globally because it's the it's internet is kind of just like all the time. That's why, I like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a hot take, it. and I might be no, trying I, shit. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I I hear what you're saying, but I feel like ultimately, I think when you go to other countries, you can definitely tell. Okay, like. No, 
maybe you can't you can't be like okay he's he or she's Spanish or whatever but you can say oh, he ain't from London or I mean the brand no but the brand really? the brand yeah they think the brand oh, that person's Polish you can definitely oh, uh, I don't think you can no I feel like I, f- I understand what you're saying and mm. I feel like in terms of clothes and like let's Most say fast fashion was it, was it that East, East East European look Slavic Slavs you seen that look can't flare it. jeans so it's Lonsdale flat shoes yeah, yeah, yeah. no like, it's like night shocks vest top kind of like that yeah but you know is that I mean that's those are just uh, stigmas I guess or stereotypes. But anyways, that is true. That's <laughs> which which I don't condemn. Yikes. Oh whatever, guys. Um, Sorry. I, I think I do think that like, every country has Cut its out. own kind of identity. I mean, if we're talking about like, <laughs> if we're talking about working class, I think got reputation to uphold here. Yeah, whatever. I love all people. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think street culture has been a big thing. I think that's why it's been kind of like. Uh, um, homogenized you could say because if you I think though different countries I, I, I kind of disagree with you but at the same time if I went to if I went to Paris right it'd be kind of hard to tell between a London and, a, and someone who lives in Paris I mean yeah someone who's Parisian yeah fair enough I mean I, I, I hear your point to be fair I mean it's quite hard to kind of in this world of fast fashion to kind of mm. um, and global fashion like. yeah but then people do try different ways to kind of make them them and that's why these kind of like you said like gothic being gothic in in when being gothic in school was there's a quite a select few that did their thing do you know what i mean i think we use uh fashion um to kind of unify us and i guess that's a culture culture is like not meant to separate us it's meant to unify us people together um and culture like many subjects like culture you know food they do this they they literally say people in their face this is what i am or who i am or where i'm from do you know what i mean because there's no way you're going to be in jerk chicken if you have i mean if you've never seen if you have jamaican friends or you know you've seen it somewhere it's been popularized you're not going to see then you're going to understand it a bit further do you know what i mean and that kind of will go a bit more mainstream um but on that point that we just made about uh the fashions and stuff don't you think that (laughs) It's possible to choose, like pick and choose on any day, like, like you know how you're saying about the um, goth, for example. Like, that is a good example because it's like, yeah, that's one of the like um, surviving subcultures that can have agreed are obviously one thing. But nowadays, it's possible to like literally choose to dress like a goth one day and then choose to dress like a Japanese boy one day, and it's like all of these options are just there do you know what, what I'm saying say like Japanese it's not because I'm just thinking about <laughs> Japanese style like, that's I'm one of the mad. things I would say like it has got a discernible look that to it true. but it's like because of the internet because of things being so accessible you can make a mood board of stuff in yeah you can just mimic hour, it now and just mm. mimic it go Pinterest each it? day and it's Trust like me. people don't really necessarily live live through the subcultures in the same way maybe that they yeah, used to I, yeah I agree with that I, I mean, think it's kind of sad of, they, no I mean why 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 must you adhere to one? Mm. I mean, it's not about adhere. That's, but I it's guess like that's another argu- forming your that's identity in it. Like, but then is, no, it, but is it identity that you want more fluid nowadays? Aren't they even? Exactly. But, no, but, uh, but you know, what, what I mean by identity in the sense that if I was like tomorrow, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna dress like this, but but then I would have a neat, I would have an impulse to post that, and then someone else could replicate that mm-hmm. in a way, and then but it's just homogenized. But the thing is, you have to understand certain levels of culture. will certain levels of culture will be appropriated and. That's the outer layer, which I said was fashion, music, art, okay, no, yeah, architecture, yeah, yeah, yeah. that stuff, because it's all subjective. Mm. It, like, 
like so let's say you meet the hardest goth like he lives for this like boom and then you see him you think oh i like his crepes and then they, you know, next week you're buying creepers yeah you've appropriated him you don't care about goths at all you don't know nothing but what like just because mm. he live and dies for it doesn't mean it can't like, be used and can't be and that's that's the reality of it like no, for real. So there's certain things you can't you can't appropriate somebody's nationalism someone's love for being black love someone's love for being Bengal you can't take that the from external someone external parts of that but um, all the other stuff talking about. you can it's subjective you, yeah, you, like yeah. we said do you think that's problematic because at, a, at this day and age that is seen to be I think yeah I it? think people are upset about it. like for example on Instagram was it Instagram or Twitter I can't remember one of them we, we everybody makes Italian food gnocchi truffles and pesto mm-hmm. When a white woman makes um, jello fries and chicken or um, makes um, pound of jam and that, pound and jam, uproar. Oh, she ain't doing it right. What's she doing? And it's like, okay, maybe it's To be fair, Italians are still bad mouthing white white British people making Italian food and black people. But but the point is that that food can be, anyone can do the food. If you're honest. Like you can live, like I said, you can live and die. Your whole family, 10 generations can be making this food from, from, this recipe like grounded like, from the yeah. earth do you know what I mean but the point is someone can go and get tins make jello fries tomorrow they call There's it jello fries stopping them, yeah. nothing stopping them and it's appropriated like yeah, but, 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 but and I don't think there's a problem in that is there a problem in that shared though no, shit. Isn't it? and it, that's what I'm trying to say you're meant to there is a problem cop- in that I don't know, know. I mean, what's, a, what's a pretty <laughs> correct thing to say right now I don't know the person, I don't <laughs> get out get out get out of there eat your jello eat your tomato sauce do you know what I mean it depends on what you think culture is some people like you. They their identity is wrapped around that. True, um, mm. and one might say that's not that's not a good thing because why should your identity be wrapped to so foods and br- bringing it back to the book? But yeah, no, 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 no. That's a what? it was a good tangent. I feel like it's like this <laughs> tangent makes sense to the book and makes sense Kinda. to what like no, it does because we we're, we're like uh, talking about subcultures and cultures, and I do think. That what you're just saying about letting your your culture be or your idea of yourself be too defined by these external things it's dangerous because like if you see someone copying how you dress it's like what the fuck like and uh, even back to that point you did get black skinheads yeah as we were saying rising <laughs> like, yeah, they had them like, so, like, like imagine when they first skinheads came and they were, they were, it was racism and yeah or like the stories were telling and then afterwards it became let's say their kids we met in school because them kids are going to be in school together because mm. if you came from Windrush your pe- your um, they're not going to be in school but the kids will be in school with the skinheads no, kids yeah, yeah, yeah. but then they're going to be growing up with them someone will remain racist whatever then someone will be like no the black guy's cool oh mm. no the skinhead's cool they start wearing the same clothes because they're just mm. boys they're friends yeah, then before true. they grow up then it comes a thing where now the Asian populations come and it's been like oh why are they here and then it goes again but it's the just, irony is that that the um, white skin and culture started from inspiration from black, black fucking co- stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it's... But, yeah, yeah. That just shows just the point fluid. that we're making where it's like, culture's just like a hot potato you just pass around. <laughs> I like that. And you just... That's very true. You just I think that's going to be the visual, actually. I'm going to try to do a visual of a hot potato. For, what, this. for the podcast? Yeah, not for yeah. like the Instagram sign. Like a moving yeah. culture, like a, just people just like catching a, culture. Like someone's hand and like a potato. Maybe that'd be kind of fun. That'd we'll see. Cool. So anyways, well, d- should, we, should we wrap it up? Yeah, why not? It's been an hour, yeah. isn't it? So, Sound like that. Wrap it up. Um, let's say, well, back to the ratings. Where's the, where's the, the ad lib, the drum roll? Is there a drum roll? Kind of offended there, but it's... <laughs> let's have a look. No, well. No, there's no, no. drum roll. Nah, let's just uh, right, not just... do that. All right. 
Well done, well done. All right, well done, guys. This is the twelfth episode Final. of the podcast series. We try and do it, keep in seasons. Um, this is Kenday's idea to oh, have these nice little. If I remember 12, correctly, twelve episode packages. You said one year, no, and yeah. then we'll go from there. And you both nodded your heads. Like so this is actually the end of the podcast now. So this is the finished. Last we're I mean, for the first season. I mean, I'm, I'm joking. We quite enjoyed it. No, and yeah, we, and we did discuss we'll do a second one mm. in the new year. So Spotify bag. <laughs> Spotify what? We need the Spotify bag. Let's yes, is it the Spotify bag? Just so if, Spotify. If Spotify are listening. If you're listening, Spotify are always listening. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, <laughs> just to reiterate, we want the bag and YouTube. Um, if you but yeah, that. to celebrate in it. This is our twelfth episode. This is uh This is this is this is huge. You know, we've been doing this for a year. Um, Come a long way from. Uh, we've got doors of perception. The, <laughs> doors of perception. Mm. We we love you, Noah. Shout out Noah. Shout out Noah. Fam. Shout out Noah. Mm. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> but yeah, so it's. At the end of the day, like we've been doing this for a long time, boys. Like, and we've grown quite, quite very fast, man. I was, I was telling Kenny this, like having over thousand viewers, you know, having. Um, yeah, let's not tell the, the kids the the stats. No, but come on, we have to. Bro- this is this is this is uh, the culminating. Uh, 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 so this let's, is this is where we can like let's power back, you know. Uh, no, let's a cele- bit. celebrate the small wins. And that. Like, <laughs> the big, wins, the big had... wins are coming. <laughs> No, that's true. Season two in it. But like we already had a we had a notable, you know, author coming on Derek yeah, Awosu. Shout out Derek Awosu for that. You know, and this is all in the first year. This is all in the first year. In the span I even feel like to skip the rating and just talk about we like how your experience on this podcast and like what have you learned? What have you not learned? Like well, just, I've, I want a gem. Do you know what I mean? I think I've people learned, want a gem. I've learned mm. that you two are pricks, joking. <laughs> <laughs> No, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, and I'm not gonna. I've learned a lot. I'm, not, I think I had a bit of an epiphany when I was reading um, the manifest, uh, a, a book. Um, shit, <laughs> spoiler. I was reading. I was reading. Twelve months later, I was reading. I was. I was reading um, a book quite hastily at one o'clock in the morning, and I was like, oh my god, like. I'm reading at this time of night. Like, if it wasn't for the podcast, I wouldn't be reading. Mm. And, and and it's kind of a achieve of what I wanted, what I wanted the podcast to do for me, like to get me to read more. And mm. it has. Mm. And I've read so many fucking books, books I've never think of reading from. Mm. You know, even the, po- the last book, Flowers of Algeron, to the Tina Fey autobiography, I would have, I would have never read or yeah. read that mm. from that yeah. podcast. But it's kind of expanded my mind and my worldview in so many different ways, and to I'm not gonna lie to to do it with you guys. I couldn't couldn't even pick a better bunch. I'm dead. <laughs> couldn't pick a Beautiful. better bunch. <laughs> do you know what? You know what's funny? I I Ruben's actually, actually crying right now. <laughs> no, I'm drinking. Tearing up. I actually, even though twelve books in a year is not it's not that much. It's it's more than maybe I would have done without the podcast. Like mm. I might like I might have read five or six. And been like cool, like slowly, you know what I'm mm. saying? Like just over the course of two months, you read one book, put it down, pick it up. But now it's like finishing books, like reinforcing the knowledge that we gain from the book by talking about it. And I just feel like I've just yeah, like 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 you're saying, I like just learned a lot. Um, it's been it's been a blast. It's been fun. I can't even lie. Yeah, I fun. think for me, I think I've enjoyed the most the conversation 
because I feel like it's I like the two fields that you guys are in. And I find it very interesting the way you've, you know, understood and like picked apart certain books. Because I guess when it comes to most when it comes to reading anyway in general, um your perspective isn't the only perspective. And I think when you read a book it's nice to hear others. Mm. I think that's 100%. why that's why I was definitely like, okay, like I don't read much anyway unless it's because to do with uni. I can't lie, I wasn't not reading it. But then when it when I was like, oh, like I really, I recently realized as well, like I've actually read twelve books, and last year, oh, well, before the podcast, I'd probably even read one full book, begin to end, and this mm-hmm. journey for pleasure. So it's it's and it's you know, it's nice to unload and also hear, oh, right, like you learned that I didn't even realize that, like I've learned something today as well, like. So I mean, I just hope that other people have kind of uh, have read a book and kind of joined in with us or bought a book to kind of join in with us because it's like. I don't know. Maybe I, f- I find it kind of valuable these kind of discussions. Maybe and yeah, it, it helps you in different facets of your life, whether it be practical or educational, whatever. It's well, quite interesting. I know my my dad who never well buys like fantasy but the books he reads. He doesn't have time to read that much anymore. Mm. Um, but he bought Flowers of Algernon. It's like oh, you know, I saw you on a podcast, and it's like oh, let me just buy this book and see what it's about, and then mm. I'll read it and then listen to podcasts because cool. just started from. And then um, I think um, one of my friends, she wanted to, um, um, that reminds me by Derek Orosu. Yeah. Listen to podcasts. Oh, what's, so it's like, it's it's just weird how it's just starting to happen. Or like, it's be, like people were just buying their books and listening to podcasts and then that urgent, that getting them to read more. And that was like what we intended for. And that's, mm. it's yeah. mad. Like we've a, kind of achieved that in mm. a span of 12 months. Yeah. That is, well, not 12 months, but like in episodes. a year, like yeah. 12 episodes, right? Which is, which is which is encouraging, mad. It's good because even with Derek Orosu's, um, that reminds me, I gave the book to my little brother. Like Arthur's, I like mm. the book signed it. Look at you, look at your brother. He's a G in it. Like uh, mm. we had an episode with him, blah blah. And he goes, okay, I'll read it in it. So like maybe like a couple of weeks later, I was like, I read it. Because now nah, I read it. It's like one page. I was like, <laughs> I was like, cool. But I didn't. I didn't even, like. You know, I'm over pressure. Like you read it when you're ready. Then I think I went down to my mom's like just to chat anyway, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I read the book, innit? I was like, "Oh, so he, like, he spoke like, oh, right, but like right, it's right, nice right. to like hear like, all right, cool, like you know, mm. like the youth, the youth, have, he, he's read it. No, and, for real, because he, he's in sixth form. Mm. He's actually does English now, um, but yeah, he needed it for um, he like one of his um, homework was like to take a book out random Come. and dissect like a page, and then he because of that he's read the book. And it's not like a long book either. Mm. Um, but he said, yeah, like he, he enjoyed it. And we spoke a little bit about it and stuff. So I, I don't know. It's quite good. It's mad. I think it's mad. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's good, boy. Pat yourself. Pat your, pat your, put, do the celebrity. Well done, Ruben. Well done, Zach. Well done, Kende. But yeah, um, I'll give the book. Let's, let's do a quick rating. I'll give the skinheads... Seven point five. Okay, I'll give it seven point five. Not gonna lie, we don't need to ask why. Can they go on why? That was a bit of a pub. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's calm, it's calm, man. Say you're rating. Say you're rating. I was just saying, like, <laughs> why is so, why are you so tense? Relax, it's fine, relax. Say relax. you're rating. In the interest of yeah, of um, <laughs> the thing. My rating probably yeah the same seven point five to be honest with you. Oh, he's copping out as well. What's going on here? What do you mean? What's seven point five? No, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was. It wasn't amazing. It was just like. It was like. Thanks. What do you mean? Yeah. I said, thanks. I enjoyed it. I say nine. 
Well, oh, that, was, that is very biased. biased. <laughs> Maybe I'm biased. That's, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's subjective and my opinion. <laughs> That's why you ask me. Um, I, I, I love. Why, I, why is it nine? I don't know. Yes, I'm biased. I enjoy his work. I think cool. he's uh, an amazing photographer, art director. I think this essay being one of his first original works is very promising. And I feel like if you want to, like if this is your kind of your steez, I feel like you need to have this in your book collection or you need to have read it. Like, what the hell? Mm. This is a very good understanding of British culture. And he's, he's done into the micro. and He looked at skinheads and he's breaking it down, for, like done photography. And he's done, he's done, he's done some good journalism. Do you know what mm. I mean? Very neutral. No, you're right. It's a good piece of work. And, that's and it why comes I said, with pictures, which is and, always a plus. And that's why I say nine. It's a good piece of work. And I, he, he's fam. It's a good start to his career, isn't it? And he's doing things now. Okay, okay. You justified yourself. You justified Seven point five. Justified <laughs> I'm allowed to. Is that allowed? No, yeah. <laughs> you may proceed. <laughs> You're no, actually but, annoying. But, um, no, as in, thank you guys for listening. No, seriously. That was deep. On 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 a level, like thank thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast because um, it yeah. means a lot to me. It means a lot to everyone. It means a lot to. Um, the team, the team, the the. There's no team, but <laughs> other than us three, the, no, there's there's a big team. There's 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 emails, emails. There's, there's, yeah. there's a team, there's a team behind this. Well, no, like we appreciate you, we love you. We've got a few volunteers. We adore you. <laughs> interns, interns, um, interns. Um, social network, social work. <laughs> was it social work? Social oh, I, work. I even fucked the name up. <laughs> was it social? Social, <laughs> Did that social network. Oh, you paid us a promo <laughs> for like oh, five shit. seconds, guys. You know what I mean? Like he didn't even pay us. Oh, that was a slot. <laughs> it's not a club podcast. It's not a book club podcast. It's not a book club. It's not a book club podcast. It's not a book club podcast at all. It's a book club. It's not a book club podcast.